0: Two, one, let's go. It's time to Dad Up. Welcome to the Dad Up podcast, the podcast for dads, about dads, being dads. Get ready for exciting guests talking about their experiences of parenting, the good and the not so good. Bang that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode and let's get started. Here is your host, Brian Ward.
1: Welcome to another episode of Dad Up, everyone. Thank you guys very much for joining me. I'm excited for the guest that I have on today. He and I have gotten a chance to know each other a little bit over the last couple of months. Um, he's a superstar in the things that he's doing, but I want him to share a little bit about his background. I am so thrilled and honored to have the awesome Kelly Cardenas to Dad Up. Welcome to the show, brother.
2: Well, I appreciate it, man. You're the one that needs to be celebrated, not only being the best dad in the world, coaching, making us all feel bad, but also I found out that you've only had two jobs and two jobs for as long, I mean, the one being in the Marine Corps and then with Citizens Bank, And you have stayed with those. I mean, tell us how, Brian, (laughs) you were able to have two jobs. Like most of us have 17. We're all Jamaican. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, like, how could that happen? Your commitment is on another level. Makes us all feel bad. (laughs)
1: Well, thank you for that. Um, Yeah. You you know, for me, it's uh, it's one of those things I was in. I got out of high school, started to go to college and then realized I wanted to take a break. Uh, I think uh, pretty much everybody knows my story, but I wanted to take a break from college. And my dad said, well, if you're going to take a break, then you're going to start paying rent. And I didn't want to do that. So I started talking to other people about what I could do. And, and a couple of people had recommended the military and I'd never, I'd be honest, I had, it had never crossed my mind to go into the military. I wasn't a, I, I didn't have anybody in my family Well, my grandfather was, but I didn't have really anybody in my family that were, had been in the military and I talked to uh, my manager, believe it or not, at the grocery store that I was working at at high school. And he said, you need to go into the Marine Corps. And so I went down to recruiting office and that was that. I I spent four years in the Marines. And then when I got out, I got a job as a very junior uh, loan officer doing auto lending for the bank. And now I'm uh, a manager of a department. Um, I'm actually one of the youngest managers there. Um, But I'm a manager of a department and have been there for, shoot, next April will be 25 years. And, uh, you know, listen, the the bank that I work at, it's a strong bank. It's a healthy bank. And I like everybody that I work with. Um, And I just haven't, everybody looks for opportunities, right, Kelly? We all look for opportunities that will help us succeed and help us uh, grow. Um, And I just had never, I had many opportunities come my way, but I just never found the right one that I felt I could be happy in and succeed in. So ultimately I've stayed where I've been happy and, and it's been at the bank. So, so yeah, I, I, I work there. Um, so yeah, I have a corporate job. I work there all day. And then I coach Christian high school basketball. I coach at a Christian high school um, and I've been doing that for several years. So, but I've been coaching for 20 years. So my boys are 23 and 20 and uh, I've been coaching them since they were four years old. So, <laughs> so yeah, so that's, I mean, that's kind of my kind of my backstory, and uh, yeah, it's just one of those things where I'm I'm happy where I'm at and doing what I'm doing. So, well, it, but that's an,
2: amazing, you're an inspiration to all of us. man. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, but enough about me, because
1: this is really about <laughs> you and the things that you're doing. Because you are just you're a superstar, man. You're I mean, you, you talk about having only two jobs. I mean, you've got your hands in a lot of different things, and not only that, more importantly, you're a successful father. So. For my listeners who may not know who you are, um, let's go. Let's, that's a backstory about Kelly. I want to know more about you, more about your, your history, um, kind of how you grew up and then obviously transition into who you are today and the person you are today. And then obviously this is a dad podcast. So I want to know about your kids.
2: Yeah. Well, I think it all starts with, with my parents, man. I mean, that that's the biggest part and it's cold. Uh, I, I'm so blown away by what you're doing and how you're celebrating you. dads, um, and for me, it was that, that foundation from my dad, from my mom. And they gave me three things when I was growing up. Number one, that I was awesome. Number two, that I was uh, beautiful. And number three, that I could do anything as long as I uh, put my mind to it. And ju- but just because I could do it, it didn't mean that it was my purpose. And um, I started off, man. I, I-, I got you, though, because you got 25 years in this job. You got two jobs. I've actually only had one. And hmm. that one job throughout my whole time, and I, I learned this from my daughter, I was playing Legos with her. And I asked her, I said, what does daddy do? Because I wanted her to kind of stroke my ego a little bit. Because, right. you know, we had opened business, we we're in the professional beauty industry. Um, I've, re- I've written books, uh, I've written my first book, um, speak and do all these things. And she turned to me and she didn't even flinch. She just turned to me and she said, you make people happy, daddy. And then she went back to playing Legos. And that's I realized awesome. at that point that literally that's been my only job. That's my purpose. And, um, you know, it started in a, a double wide mobile home cutting my uh, best friend, Will's hair that turned into a, a, a career, a 29 year career in the professional beauty industry. Um, you know, working in the salons and then opening our own, uh, uh company and having salons throughout the country, getting to educate throughout the world, uh, with a phenomenal, uh, little known company called Paul Mitchell. And, um, uh, now we've taken and we always wanted to build leaders. So we actually sold the salons to people who had started with our company at minimum wage. Mm. And we sold the company to them. And now uh, my focus is the podcast uh, is on speaking and writing and just continuing to make people happy.
1: That's awesome. So I want to back up a little bit because I want to talk about your parents. I mean, you you said that they 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 helped you uh, to teach you those three things, but really what they're giving you is affirmations, right? And I've talked about it before on my show, but affirmations to our kids are so powerful. Uh, They may not fully understand them, but if as long as you continue to feed them those affirmations. They, they eventually become those people, right? Um, for instance, my son, who's older, he's 23, but I had an affirmation for him when he was two years old. I used to say, um, oh gosh, now I'm drawing a blank. It, right, right in the middle of my show, i draw drawing a blank. Um, I, I used to say, you're a leader, you're a champion. And then he would respond every single time, I'm the best in the world. Right. And I guarantee you, Kelly, I, if if I bugged him right now and pulled him out and said, "Hey, come here! I want to want to want to say something to you," I'd say you're a leader, you're a champion. He would know it to this day. I'm the best in the world, and it's just that positive affirmation to help them be the best that they could be. And you know what? At 23 years old, he graduated college in three and a half years. He's got a job that's paying him almost 100 grand a year. And he's 23. He's making three times more money than I was making when I was 23. I mean, he's just, he's a remarkable young man. And he's, he's very gifted and talented and smart and all that. But I honestly take it back to the way that he was raised, the way that his mother and I raised him, and the affirmations that we fed into him. So speaking to that, do you have those same affirmations or do you have other ones that you use with your kids?
2: Well, I tell my kids I love them all the time, even to a point where my daughter is 12 years old and, um, and she, she's like, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, but this is the thing, at the, at the, um, I always want to make sure and keep it personal um, because a lot of times uh, we have the tendency to get into routines. We fall in love with the routine and we manage the people right? And you can you can manage the the routine, but you always got to love the people. And so when we get that switched around and we get that switch around a business and our families, sometimes we get into the routine of date night, but we're not present with our wife. Sometimes right. we get into the routine of I'm going to go and have ice cream with my kids, but we're not being present with them. Sometimes it's not about the ice cream. Sometimes it's just about being present. So that's a, a big thing with my dad. And my, my dad taught me that very early on. And we'll get to that later. But the other day when I get out of the car or when my daughter gets out of the car, it kind of goes like this. Um, I love you, baby. She says, I know. Um, she, she says, I say, you're the greatest in the world. She says, I know. Uh, I say, um, I, I love you. Cause I want to say it again. I love you. And I'm proud. I, I, I love you, baby. And she looks at me and she's like, who wouldn't and then she closes the door that's our routine going to school right now my son i say you're the greatest son he says no dad you're the greatest and oh, so man. we go back and forth that way but the the meanings behind it well, my mom was very specific on these she told me when i was when she was telling me i was awesome she said you're awesome i don't want you to connect you to any of your accomplishments so your grades are not you you get an f mm-hmm. that f is not you it's a grade And she helped me to realize that if I got an F, I was still awesome. If I got a C, I was awesome. I got an A, I was awesome. And so she never connected my accomplishments to me being awesome. I was just awesome. Number two, being beautiful. Never compare yourself to anybody else. And I had two brothers that are absolute crazy performers and a doctor and a lawyer. And imagine coming behind that and being a hairdresser. (laughs) So so she always let me know, never compare yourself to anybody except Mm -hmm. you. And then that last one that I could do anything. That I put my mind to, but just because I could do it didn't make it right, and make sure that you were in line with your purpose. And I figured out my purpose when my seven-year-old daughter told me, "Daddy, you make people happy."
1: Mm, Wow, I love that. And and you know what? You've you've got two successful brothers, but you're successful in your own right. And the fact that your mom kind of put that on your mind, like don't compare yourself to any—that's hard for kids to do, right? That's hard to. I mean, it's even hard for adults to do. Um, we all we all have these little you know, things in the back of our head where we're thinking about what other people are doing. And, and we always try to teach. I mean, you're, you're making people happy. You're making people uh, coaching people. Uh, you hear it from some of these big speakers that are out there coaching people. Stop comparing yourself to others. And and it's even though it's hard for our kids to understand that it's such a powerful, powerful uh, lesson for them to learn. And um, well, let me ask you this. <laughs> Because, you know, that moment, if I don't have I don't have a daughter, but if I had a daughter and she said that to me at that moment, that would melt my heart. I mean, give me the emotion. Give me the feelings that you were going through when she said that to you. I'm sure you were stunned. I'm sure you're like you had to take a breath in them, uh, you know, for a moment. But give me the emotions that uh, when she talked to you and said that to you.
2: Well, it lights me up. And and Brian, when I say that, that's literally every time I drop her off from school. So it's every single day. Um, so when I, and I say it to her, I say, I love her. And she just looks at me. And she's like, who wouldn't? And she rolls on and she slams the door. It's every day. And I mean, she teaches me so much. The other day I said, baby, um, you know, I just truly don't want you to ever compare yourself to," because she's a 12 year old girl. Right. And she looked at, uh, you know, I said, I just always want you to be yourself. And she looked at me and she's like, duh, dad. Uh, everyone else has taken. And I was like, what? You know, but she dropped his mom on me. And it, it, you know, that's it's the same thing with my little man, you know, it, I think the biggest thing that my dad, my dad instilled in me and I'm seeing in my kids is honestly like, live your life with no agenda. Because that's this is the thing that my dad's been on me and on me and on me, especially in the last couple of weeks. He's just been like, you know, live your life with no agenda because most people have a back end. Most people are giving you content so they could sell you something else. But when you come in with no agenda, and I've found in my life, this is the, the part that I've, I've run with, is I don't have an agenda. Like when people are like, what are you selling? Or what are you, I'm not selling anything. Like, and people ask me like, what do you do? Um, I make people happy. And I want to know about them. But when we go into something with no agenda, and the greatest thing for us is that's what being a dad is about. It's not having an agenda. It's going in and serving at the highest level. And if we do that, you're going to see the 23-year-olds like you're seeing now that are running way past what we did. And the relay race will be in where we pass the baton and they're able to take it to that next level.
1: Yeah, I, I love that. And it's interesting that you bring up the, the fact that not only Did your dad, I mean, you talk about your mom, but I mean, it sounds like your dad was kind of pushing you in kind of these, with these affirmations as well, going through life without an agenda. Um, I I wanted to ask you though, because you've got a son and a daughter, correct? (laughs) How are you teaching them the lessons that your parents taught you? How are you teaching them those lessons? Is it the same? Is it different? How are you, how are you kind of transitioning that?
2: Well, I think it's a little bit different because my mom was 16 when she had my brother and 19 when she had me. So they were kids they were kids having kids. And my my parents lived, I was born in England. We lived in Taiwan uh, right afterwards. So these are young kids. My dad was only 22 years old when he had me and my mom was only 19. And, you know, she was living in a foreign country and there wasn't the internet, there wasn't cell phones, there wasn't all these things. So she kind of had, I mean, you can imagine at 16 years old, she went over to another country with my brother. And so, these were things that my parents not only were saying to us, but more importantly, they were showing. My dad didn't have an agenda when he was serving people. My mom didn't have an agenda. She wasn't trying to sell anyone. She was just being kind. And they mm-hmm. taught, I mean, through those things, what I noticed that my parents, my, well, whether it be my mom or my dad, my mom told me, you're awesome. You're beautiful. You could do anything. And what my dad was showing me all the time is be kind, be, con- uh, be of contribution to people, make a lot of friends. And then finally, stay curious. And when, I, when you stay curious, it gives me goosebumps right now. Yeah. Like when, you, when you are kind to people, you make a lot of friends. And when you make a lot of friends, you're curious about all the other things that are possible in life. Because when you get around them with no agenda, it's amazing how open people are. And that's what, when um, the magic really starts to happen. That's when
1: the attraction happens, right? Because if you make somebody, and I've said this many times, but I go about my day trying to make somebody else feel special because when they, people want to feel special about themselves, right? They want to be told how good they are. They want to be told how nice they look. They want to be told all these things. They want to feel that way. So when you make people feel that way, people are naturally going to gravitate towards you. It's not selfish, but as long as you're making sure that other people are, are given the attention first to beyond yourself you, it, it, like you said, the magic, that's when the magic happens, because that's when you really start to attract the attention around you. Um, that's, that's awesome. Um, now when we're kind of, I mean, you you got your daughter, she's approaching those teenagers. We know how that goes, right? I mean, it sounds like she's got, sounds like she's getting a little bit of a little bit yeah. of that, that, that chip on her shoulder kind of way. Right. I know when my boys were going through that kind of that phase of the getting into those teenage years, I could no longer hug them. I will say this. I I got a backup. I will say this. My younger son, who's 20, I was frustrated with something yesterday and I wasn't taking it out on my family, but I was frustrated. And my son came over and he gave me a hug and he's like, dad, it'll be cool. Just, you know, relax. It's everything's cool. So I still get those hugs from him. But I know when they were teenagers, they didn't want to hug us around their friends, right? They had that kind of that, I'm, I'm, too, I'm, I'm a big kid now. I don't need this anymore. Um, but you got a daughter. She's approaching the teenage years. <laughs> Here comes that transition of going through that stage, that phase. What, what's going to be your approach? How are you going to handle it? I mean, uh, what advice could you give to other parents on how they can handle that far, that part of it?
2: Well, I I give the advice to every parent that uh, is the one word uh, piece of advice that my mom gave to me, which is like this shit, like, (laughs) there's going to be the time where you're the best parent in the world shit, forget about it, because you don't want to get attitude. Uh, There's gonna be the time where you're the worst parent in the world, shit, learn from it. Right. And so we just had the experience today, my daughter for the first time is wanting to go to the mall with her friends by herself. Mm. Well, dad was like, Oh, well, that'll be cool. Go hang with your buddies, mama, my her mom, my wife, who's very wise, was like, I'm just gonna go to the mall, and I'll go shopping. And I'll be in the mall. So you can be okay. And it was it was uh, at first, she she reacted to it, my daughter reacted to it. And then we sat down. And as opposed to me trying to be dad, what I did is I sat down and I, I wanted to know where she was coming from. And she said, Dad, it's a little bit embarrassing. My other friends don't have their friend or you know, their parents come in. And I said, I just want you to know, baby, that it comes from a love it comes from the respect. And we will make sure that we're not in sight. You know what I'm saying? Like, if we're at the mall, I'm going to make sure we're not in sight. And I actually told her my wife's going to get mad at me for this. I said, baby, if you see your mom, and she's lurking, text me. And then I'll text mom to get out of there and and hide. You know what I'm saying? And so having that relationship and talking with your kids, and seeking to honestly to understand them, like mm-hmm. not to be understood, not be like, yo, I'm your parent, you need to do this and that mm-hmm. not to be too much of the friend. But also, I mean, I think that people want to be validated, they want to feel important, and they want to know that you trust them. Mm. And um, I've got, we'll, we'll talk about it here in a bit. But i I've, there's a whole nother <laughs> side to that, that, uh, you know, for me, I don't agree with. So well, let's go. Let's talk about it. Let's talk well, about uh, it. this. This was a thing, I, you know, and one of my buddies is really good dude. And he was like, yo, you know, this is what I'm doing. And he heard from a pastor that you should drug test your kids. Now, for me, I was like, look, and he, and they, all the guys were in, they were like, yeah, I mean, you know, because you don't know what's happening today. And I, I said, guys, imagine your wife tells you she loves you. And then every time you come home at night, she checks your cell phone, sniffs your collar, and make sure that all your clothes don't have any women's perfume on them. How long is that going to last? Because mm. we've got to add trust. We, we, we have to trust our kids and love on them. And And also understand and know that they're on loan to us. God loaned our kids Mm. to us. They're not our possession. And you know what? God is big enough. Matthew six thirty three says that seek ye first, the kingdom of God is his righteousness and all else will be added on. Not, he didn't put an exception and be like, all else except your kids, so control them. Right. No, seek ye first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all else will be taken care of. And he'll add that on. So what I would suggest is when you have teenagers like I do, and I'm in it right now, I am getting closer to Jesus than I ever have in my entire life because I'm <laughs> going to need him for these next couple of years.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad you brought that up. Because listen, I got to tell you, you know, people, people tell me, you know, I hear people say it all the time. They say, they say, well, you know, we don't have a handbook on how to raise kids. We really, there isn't a handbook. And I, and I said, I completely disagree with you. There is a handbook. It's called the Bible. Read it, <laughs> know it, learn it, because it will teach you how to be as a human being, how to treat others And that will correlate, that will move into how you raise your kids. So yes, you do have a handbook, but listen, you're right. You know what? I don't disagree with your wife. I I think that's a, I I thought that was a good idea because in this, in this world, as we know, there's things that are going on out there right now that is very, very sketchy and we have to find ways to protect our kids, right? So I don't disagree with your wife wanting to do that. I think that was a bold move. However, on the flip side, I agree with you. I think that hey, if she's out of sight, but she's kind of there in case anything happens. She, you guys aren't at home. You have to rush over to the mall or anything. She's there. Everything's good. I think that's. I think that's wise. Now, I think you are going to be in the doghouse tonight, but <laughs> but I, I will say that I, you know I agree. I I, I follow those same lines. I mean, we kind of felt it. But listen, I, I'll say this: as parents, I'm going to say this to all the parents that are listening, watching, whatever it is you're doing, hearing this. If you know your your child and you constantly are talking to them about the things that go on in their lives, and not only that, but you know the friends that they hang out with, and you understand who those friends are, in addition, you know the parents of those friends, then you shouldn't have any problem. There shouldn't be any reason why you need to drug test your kid, right? I mean, seriously. I knew, my, I knew my boys, I knew, my, I knew them very well. I knew their friends, I knew their friends' parents. And if there was sketchy kids that they were hanging out with, we fixed it. And there was no need to worry about having to drug test and all this other stuff. But listen, t- constant communication will help with your kids. Asking your kid, hey, how was your day? And getting, oh, it's fine. That's not constant communication. Asking them open-ended questions about their day. Ask and then continuing to ask them questions. Not hounding them, but continuing to ask them. Show them that they're important to you and that you want to know about them. And they may ask you questions. Answer their questions, right? Have those levels of communication. And you addressed it early early in this interview, but you addressed it. You talked about presence. That's being present. Not being in your phone when you're talking to your kids. Not being in your phone when they're asking you a question. Not paying attention to the TV when they're trying to ask you a question. Those kind of things. Be present. Because I think if you have that level of presence and you're constantly talking with your kids and you're constantly knowing who they're hanging out with, the friends that they hang out with, and the parents of those friends, I don't think you're going to have any problems. And if you do, you fix it. As parents, you fix it. Um, so that's that's awesome. And uh, how, did, how was the mall a success or what?
2: Now it's actually happening right now. That's. Oh, the, okay. I think, I think it's the biggest thing for us. Is you know, like I, I'm no authority on being a parent because I screw up a lot. Like I just screwed up on uh, on Friday Night Lights. Uh, we I went and watched my son the other night, and he was you know they're in the playoffs, and the ref was a high school kid. He I mean he's volunteering oh. his time, and I'm on the sidelines, and the kid drops back. And he's goes for longer than seven seconds. Maybe it was eight seconds. Maybe it was seven and a half seconds. And I yelled out, come on, that's longer than seven. And then I stopped and I was like, I'm bad dad. I'm horrible. I screwed up. And I think one of the big things for us though, Brian, is when, when we do, we got to take our kids aside right away and be like, yo, I screwed up. Don't try and cover it you're not going to be perfect as a parent and your kids are going to learn more from your mistakes than they're going to learn from you standing and saying, this is what you need to do because this is what yeah. I did now. I mean, being a parent is literally screwing up shit, you know? And then, you know, I went off on my daughter the other day, we went to in and out and I bought, I bought fries for her and her brother. Well, when we got back, there wasn't fries for her. So I told, uh, you know, or was it wasn't fries for her brother? So I told her, can you share with your brother? She got attitude. And then um, I just grabbed her, pulled her in the other room. And I said, look, this is awful. And I just, I got after her. and she very calmly took it. And then she said to me, this was hard, Brian. She said, daddy, if you remember when you were ordering, you were also on your phone. Mm. So you didn't hear her say the things back. And if you did, then you would have known that she just only said one fry and I sat there and at one point I wanted to be like old school Christmas right. story, dad, I told you, and this one, I, and that's the rule. And then I was like, I realized I was wrong. And I had to apologize to her. I had to apologize to him. And I think that as parents and as, especially as a dad, if you could take the time to apologize and illuminate when you are awful, your kids will learn more than they ever could. Mm.
1: Wow. Well, you know what? First of all, thank you very much for sharing. that. That's a perfect example. Listen, I mean, you've said it before. uh, You said it a couple of times in this interview. uh, We're not perfect parents. We're never going to be perfect. There's only one perfect being and he's up above. So we're never going to be perfect. You're going to make mistakes. But listen, dads, and if there's a mom listening, great. But dads, I'm talking to you. Put your dang ego aside and own it. If you make a mistake, own it. I've done that many times. There have been many times where I didn't want to own it. There have been many times where I'm like, checked out. And I'm like, nope, I'm no, I'm right here. But sometimes you just have to let it go. Own it. Apologize. Because listen, that's the biggest lesson you can teach your kids is that look, I'm an adult. And I make mistakes as a dad, as your dad, I make mistakes. And I made a mistake. And for that, I'm sorry. And guess what? You have no idea how. Let me ask you guys this just people that are listening to this. And, and Kelly, I'm asking you, but I'm asking everybody how good does it feel when somebody apologizes to you? It feels good. Like, you know what? That person acknowledged that they did me wrong and they apologize for it. Imagine what your kids are feeling. I apologize, son. I messed up. I had an incident yesterday. It wasn't a big deal, but I had an incident yesterday. My older son, I thought he had eaten. I thought he'd eaten uh, lunch because he had ordered something from DoorDash. Thought he'd eaten lunch. My younger son was coming home from, he's in college, but he was coming home uh, to do our Christmas tree and stuff. So he had come home and he goes, Hey dad, you want lunch? I'm going to go get something. And I said, yeah, sure. How about this? And he goes, okay, great. Does Blake want anything? And I go, no, he just ate. So then my younger son comes home with our food and my older son, Blake comes out and he's like, bro, where's my food? And He's like, you didn't ask me if I wanted any-. He's talking to my younger son. You didn't ask me if I wanted any food. And I said, hold on before you start losing it on him. That's my fault. I thought you ate. So I told him not to get you anything. So don't get upset with him. You can get upset with me. I apologize. Literally, that's how the conversation went. And it was done. It was done and over with. So, I mean, that's a silly example, but like your example, she made it clear to you. Hey, dad, you messed up. Not me. You messed up and you owned it parents that's a huge 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 lesson to learn is that listen we make mistakes we're going to make mistakes i'm going to make another mistake today probably when we get off this call I'll probably make another one so uh, it's just just own it I, i'm glad that you mentioned that that's uh, very cool now your your son is your daughter's 12
2: how old is your son my son is 10
1: 10 all right so you got i mean are they, do they get along okay? Cause I know my boys, for instance, <laughs> they love each other. They can hang out with each other. They get, I love listening to their conversations, you know, when they're laughing, joking, you know, doing whatever, but they can get into it too. They're boys, right? They can get into it. I've had my wife in the other room hollering at me for help, trying to break them up because they can get into it. <clears throat> I mean, that happens with siblings. You, I mean, we don't always get along with our spouses, right? There's things that happen. We don't always get along with them, but with our, with our kids, our kids they're in close quarters all the time together and now you got a 12 year old and a 10 year old
2: i mean how's their relationship
1: good are they
2: do well, they have I mean, their they're, moments they they have their moments they're brother and sister and you know i think that that's the you know, it's, it's, you just have to love them, you know, you have to love them different and love them individually. And that's where, you know, again, when you said that, you know, there's only one, one playbook, but the playbook that we that that you can read is principle based, it's not situation and circumstance based. And, you know, my little son, you know, he's, he's got all all kinds of joy in him. And I think one of the biggest things with us, you know, when we're dealing with different types as a dad, especially de- dealing with different ages or different, uh, you know, genders, when we are um, to, to realize that, you know, they're looking at our reaction more than they're looking at the circumstance. Mm. And this was this, this was so prevalent when um, my, my son asked, uh, I was making pancakes, and they like me to make them in shapes. And so, uh, my, my son, my daughter said, can you make me a dog? Well, a dog is not that hard to bake as a pancake. You kind of drip it out, whatever. It kind of looked like a llama, but you know, to to her, it was a dog. And then my son is like, daddy, daddy. I said, what do you want, son? Cause I was feeling myself. I was like, right, oh, Dad, right. I can make anything. I just made this dog, you know, pass this llama and pass it off as a dog. What do you want? Anything. And my son was like, I want an iron man pancake. And I was like, "What? Like a, I mean, how am I going to make a Marvel car- character out of, you know, some batter? And I tried my hardest, Brian, my hardest in the world. And I tried to shape this thing. And my dad was standing right next to me. He's Kampa. That's what my kids call him. But I call him Pops. And Pops was standing right next to me. I was making this thing. My dad was like, looking at it like, this does not look anything like Iron Man. Right. And when he's I got crit- done, he's critiquing you the whole time. Oh, I whispered to my dad. I was like, Pop. This doesn't look anything like Iron Man. He was like, he said three words that changed my whole entire life. He said, sell it, boy. There you go. And I knew what I had to do. So I started singing this song called Iron Man Pancakes, Iron Man (laughs) Pancakes, Iron Man Pancakes, Iron Man Pancakes. And my son was like, What are you saying, Dad? I said, Iron Man Pancakes, Iron Man Pancakes. I said, It's almost ready, son. You ready for the Iron Man Pancake? Are you ready for the Iron Man Pancake, son? He said, Dad, I'm ready for the Iron Man Pancake. And I scooped this thing up. This thing was a blob of burnt pancake. I flipped it over on his plate, and as I was singing Iron Man Pancake, Iron Man Pancake, I flipped it over, he looked at it, he paused, and it was like, I swear it was 10 minutes, but it was probably two seconds, but he just stared at it, and it was silent, and everyone went silent. And then he looked at the thing, and he looked up at me, and he was like, Iron Man Pancake, Iron Man Pancake. (laughs) And I was like, yes, he's like, I can't believe, Dad, you did it. I want you guys all to realize, that our kids are are waiting for our reaction. And my dad told me like this, that the only difference between a child and a, uh, and a camcorder, he said camcorder, my dad is old school, right? The only difference between a, a child and a camcorder is that a camcorder has a stop, a pause and a erase button. Mm. But your kids don't. Mm. They're waiting for your reaction. They're waiting for how you view it. And if I could tell you one more quick story. Do it. About my son. I was taking him to go see Dude Perfect. I got to have Dude Perfect on the podcast too, because my kids will think they're the greatest people in the world. So anyone out there, if you know Dude Perfect, you need to reach out to this guy, right? It's the only ask I have. But I got tickets to Dude Perfect. Called my buddy. He hooked us up. And then the day of, he hadn't sent me the tickets yet. And, and the day of I called him, I was like, Hey, you know, we're going to do perfect. And he's like, Oh yeah. And he's shuffling. I know that he ain't got the tickets. He scrambles, calls me back. He's like, I got the tickets. He sent me the tickets. Well, I looked at the seats when I looked at the seats, they were the worst seats in the entire place. Like the top level, like on top of the top level, worst seats. He told me he was getting me front row. Oh, I called my dad and I said, pop. I don't even wanna to go to this because this is, we're in the very top and I, I, I wanted my son to be VIP. I wanted him to be, he said, three words again, sell it boy. He said, mm-hmm. he will react the way that you react. So fall in love with this thing before you walk out the house and he will fall in love too. And as we're driving there, he said, dad, where are we going? I said, I don't know. He said, are we VIP? I said, I don't know. I can't, I don't know yet, son. But when we got there, we were at the uh, San Diego State uh, Arena you walk in on the top level. And as I walked in, I said, Oh my gosh. He said, what daddy? I said, there's the VIP seats. And he's like, where daddy? And I pointed to the concrete bench that was on the very top of the whole entire arena. And he's like, are you kidding me, dad? That's VIP. I said, yeah. He said, are we sitting there? I said, I don't know, son. I can't, I don't know. I can't promise you anything. And as we walked around the place, every time we saw one of those concrete, not even the seats, they weren't the seats. There was a concrete just ledge that you had to sit on. And it was the very top. Every time we walked by one, he was like, dad, that's VIP. Are we in that one? And we finally got to the side, Brian, not even like where the, the, the arena was sitting like this on the side. So you're looking at the side of the stage, We're seats in the house on the very top. And we get to the side, all the way to the side. And I said, oh my gosh, son. He said, what? I said, oh my gosh, look at our seats. We're in VIP. He said, VIP, daddy. And he sat down on this concrete bench while everyone else is in a seat. You could not see these people. They were like this small. And he turns to me about five minutes into the show. And he said, daddy, you know how I know we're in VIP? (laughs) And I had to hold back my, my, my laugh and he said, And I said, how son? And he said, because you see all those people down in the front row? I said, yep. He said, they can only see what they could see. Hmm. But we can see what they could see and what we could see. So that means we're VIP and we (laughs) high five. And to this day, he thinks he was VIP and dude perfect with the worst seats in the house parents, dads, please understand that it is your reaction, not the circumstance that will dictate the way that your kids react. So let's start getting excited about every single thing. And remember Uh. the three words that my dad taught uh, taught me and Campa or pops, uh, I call them pops, sell it boy.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. That's a great story. And you know what? I hope he does not watch this episode because it'll kill it for him. <laughs> right? Oh man, that's so good. I mean, you know, I, I think about that, and I think about uh, I had a I had uh, my younger son is a I mean he's a diehard Red Sox fan. I mean diehard, and he like he will watch like baseball. They play baseball their whole lives. Baseball, I can watch the playoffs, I can watch the World Series, but they play hundred plus games. I don't need to watch a regular season game. It does nothing for me, right? Like football, right? So he could watch every single game. He wants to like he has like the stats pop up on his phone for these play. I mean, like he you know, he loves that's how much he loves it. So I was able to get him tickets for I'd never been to a World Series. The Red Sox were playing the Dodgers a few years ago. And I was able to get him tickets to the game. So I surprised him with the tickets and he's like, you know, first thing he wants to know, right. Where are we sitting? And I go, dude, we are sitting right behind home plate. And he's like, what? But I'm like, yeah, we were sitting right behind home plate. Now we were at the 500 level, but we were right behind home plate. I mean, and they were, I mean, honestly, they were great seats. They really were, but we were at the top level at Dodger stadium, right behind home plate. When we got there, he didn't even care about the seats. Like he was like, we are right behind home plate. I cannot believe this. These are awesome. So, I mean, it's just like you said, the way sell it. I mean, the way you, your reaction to everything. I mean, yeah, I didn't want to sit in bleeds. I wanted to sit right in the dugout with the players but right behind home plate. Are you kidding me? So yeah, that's a, that's a great story. And I love that. I love your reaction because it even comes with when we're upset about something, how we react to that is going to cause what happens next. Right. And it could be good or it can be bad. So that's a great lesson for parents. That's so awesome, Kelly. you know what I am by far, one of my favorite and, um, best guests that I've ever had on the show, dude. I'm telling you, man, it's great, great stories. Let me ask you this for my listeners. I know we went a little long and I hope you're okay with that, but, but I had to hear these stories for my listeners that want to look you up, learn a little bit more about you. Obviously we got the ticker tape going there, but what's the best place for them to do that? Um, let me, let them have it.
2: Well, uh, Instagram, Kelly, uh, the real Kelly Cardenas, uh, uh, kellycardenas.com is going to be the best on LinkedIn, uh, Kelly Cardenas and then TikTok. It's the real Kelly Cardenas 23. Help me out with my TikTok game. Um, I I tell you the best advice that I could give to any dad out there seriously is to love the mother of your children. Oh, yes. And, And when I say that, you didn't even ask the question, but it's something that my mom taught me from a very early age. She said the best thing you could ever do for your kids is love your wife. And, you know, in the event that you're not with your kid's mother still love her because again, these kids are like videotapes and they are going to take the baton and they're going to continue on and they're going to treat that their woman in their life, the same way that you treat their mother. So yeah. that's what I would say.
1: Yeah, no, that's awesome. I'm glad you brought that up because it's so true. I've, I've said it before that, you know, as dads, it's important the the way that we treat now, whether you have a son or a daughter from my case, two boys. But the way I treat their mom is a uh, lesson to them how they're going to treat women, and the way that their their mom, my wife, treats me is the way that a woman should treat a man. So, like for you, for a daughter, I mean, the way that you treat your spouse shows her how a woman should be treated. So, yeah, that's those are always. I mean, those are those are yeah, top top three, top four uh, for sure. <laughs> Lessons to learn for sure. Um, well, cool. Listen, Kelly, you know. You and I have become friends over the last several months. I think I just followed you on TikTok this morning, as a matter of fact. Um, but uh, you and I have become friends, and uh, I'm super glad that you took the time to come and share your experiences, your stories, uh, your character uh, on data. I really appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to continuing our friendship, brother. I really am.
2: Well, I'm going to force you to be my friend for the rest of your life. And awesome. anyone out there listening to this episode, listen to every single episode of the data uh, podcast, guys. This is exactly what we need in our world, the better and better dads that we foster. And, and Brian is locked into this. He's one of the only people that I know that is making it his mission to make dads better and Thank giving you. us the resources. So, I mean, uh, my hat's off to you, man.
1: Thank you very much for that, Kelly. I really appreciate it, brother. Appreciate you so much. Uh, Listen, everybody, thank you very much for joining me and Kelly on the Dad Up podcast. Make sure you guys are checking out all my episodes, as Kelly had said, uh, but make sure you guys are subscribing if you haven't subscribed to my YouTube channel yet, and uh, be sure to stay tuned for the next episode, all right? Thank you guys very much. Look forward to seeing you guys all soon.
0: Thanks for listening to the Dad Up podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next weekly episode. While you're at it, leave a rating and review. And if you know someone this show can help, be sure to share it with them. Want to learn more? Check out the website at daduptribe.com or leave Brian a message on Instagram at daduppodcast.